0: Hey, let me guess, you hate sales. Well, you're not alone. Most of us do and it just doesn't feel natural. We don't want to be sleazy salespeople and hey man, sales just turn us off. As soon as I hear that word, you're a creative, you want to go take photos, you want to make art, you want to live that dream and how easy would it be if you didn't have to do the awkward sales bit? I get it. I'm doing a three-day workshop and I'd love for you to join me to help you be empowered with your sales and not only just love your sales, but actually have a lot of fun in it as well. Sales won't just increase your profits in your business. It's going to help you create a better client experience and overall a better experience for you in your business, especially as you make a little bit more money and you start giving your clients the attention and the products and the services that they deserve. Now, if you want to learn my tips and tricks that help me scale my wedding photography biz past the 500,000 per year mark, join in. It's only $9. It's coming up and you just have to head to my website jialong.co. That's jialong.co. Register there, buy your ticket, $9. Now, it's 3 days around about 1 to 2 hours per day and it's going to be game changer for you. This one you won't want to miss. You're listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams, reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly. Skip the FOMO and let's dive into the deep together. Hey, welcome back to the show. 174, episode 174, we're starting to climb up. My name is Jai Long. For all the new listeners, I know so many people have been coming over as the podcast has been getting into the charts and moving its way up and getting shared so much on social media. I appreciate that from all of you guys. I just want to say, you know, I think I've been interviewed so many times over the past few years and a lot of the times a lot of the interviews are very much the same unless they're topic based and we have a subject, but a lot of times they're the same question. And so I was really excited to jump on a call today with Miles Boya and he has a podcast called The Photographic Collective Podcast. And he chucked us a few curveballs, asked me a few questions that are a little bit different to the questions I usually get. And I got to open up a little bit more and share some stuff from my past, which we all know I love to share a lot of different stories, but I probably don't share them enough. And I know so many people haven't heard a lot of my stories So I'm excited to share this stuff with you today. And I just want to say a big thank you for coming back and having a listen. This one's a little bit longer. I think it's a little bit over an hour, but there's so much good content in there. You'll walk away with probably a new insight onto who I am, but also some different mindset shifts for yourself. Uh, and different strategies as well. So you'll get quite a lot from it. Last thing, if you haven't left me a review yet, definitely go and do that. If this podcast has moved you in some way, some shape or form, there's a link in the description of this episode. You can click on that link and you can leave a review. I always read them and I always appreciate them and I appreciate you. So without further ado, do, let's get straight into today's interview.
1: Genuinely, like I'm really excited to be able to sort of dig into this with you. Yeah, this was one of those. I, I think I mentioned this to you, but this is one of those recordings. Um, I hate, the, I hate the word interview. Like I hate it, yeah, right? Totally. Because because there are those podcasts. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're a part of those all the time. Yeah. Um, there are those podcasts where it's like it's like and A.
0: Q&A. Yeah, same question over and uh, over. I'm like, fuck, man. I actually got interviewed not too long yeah. ago, and the guy's like, oh, it sounds like you've got. Just the answers to all my questions. I'm like, because you ask the same questions as everybody else. It's it's
1: pretty easy yeah. when it's the same question. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's a, like I, I told you, I've I've kind of um, I've kind of held out on asking you to be on here mm. for a number of reasons. But but the probably the primary reason, Jai, is because I've been I've I've just watched over the last uh, like 12 to 18 months in your life, yeah, and all of the things that you've taken on. And I've been like genuinely curious about the fact that it's like these are some some courageous moves that you're making. Like you're you're standing in the gap for literally hundreds of people at any given moment. But like, it, there's some courage, some some intentionality. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yes, it's pretty but there's fun. there's some yeah, there's some courage there, right? So, so I, I wanted to to be able to like. I don't know, have this chat with you and it be deeper than like, yeah, you know, Hey, tell it. me about the first time you picked up a camera. Because totally. I, yeah, yeah. I hate to say this. I told Jonas, I mean, I told Jonas the same thing. I don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I and, sh- and should I? I don't know. Should <laughs> I care about... Uh, I don't think so. Or or is it is it more important that you that you just be humanized? You know, like that mm-hmm. people get the opportunity to see that like, dude, you've had some... I, I would assume... I can't wait to hear about them. But I, you've had some failures along the way. Some Lots like battles Lots along them, yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, Going through some right So, okay. Now, well, so. so... Yeah, okay. Well, dude, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear about them. But, okay. So, so, <clears throat> do me a favor, quickly. Yep, yep. For anybody that's like even remotely living under a, a rock, they picked up a camera yesterday. Yep. Yeah, t- tell us who you are and like where you are.
0: Yeah, so I mean, my name is Jai Long. I hate doing elevator pitches, but in short, um, I was electrician, and I turned into a wedding photographer, and then I turned into a business coach. Um, I run some of the and the biggest wedding photography workshops in the world. Um, I have the probably the biggest online um, community for business coaching for wedding photographers in the world, which is pretty cool. Um, i got a popular podcast called Make You Break. Um, I have a fashion label. I do property developing. Um, I have a lot of businesses, too many businesses, and, and I'm doing too many things. But I have a lot of fun along the way. And um, I think the thing that I bring to people is um, I'm very creative and I'm very analytical, and I'm able to break down in a simple way what business is and how to better uh, better your business systems, and also how to live a higher achieving life. Um, for a lot of people. So I think a lot of creatives resonate with what I do. Yeah. That's I I hate these things, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, there it is. No, and hey, listen, that was beautifully put because if I had done that, I would have said, you know, like Jai Long is is this, he's this prolific, he's this larger than life speaker, right? He's this uh this bold voice. Everybody, everybody knows your voice these days. And he's this remarkable, brilliant artist. But the problem with all of those things is that like that doesn't. None of that humanizes. Like what no, you just said yeah. is is the humanity, right? What you just said is the grit. Like it's the real stuff of like, yeah, you've basically tried your hand at a number of things, and I think you hit it right on the head right off the bat. Like what you're good at is seeing systems, yeah, and then like educating people into seeing systems, right? Yeah, I think that, so, that's so, that's my superpower. Clearly, like you're 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 a pretty intentional person. Mm-hmm. I I would assume, right? Yeah. Everybody that I know, like. And dude, everybody that I know, that's, you know, some, some people that are as probably as known globally um, as, as you are, maybe not in the same industry, but you know, that, that have that level of intentionality. All of them have this sort of backstory of that led, to, mm. that led to a light switch moment. There was like, you know, like, hey, I either have to make it right now, or I, I just have got to cut bait and drown.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Um, and I'm, I'm curious about that, that moment way. for you.
0: Well, it has to be that way because like we, we're we always moving towards something and away from something. And you like, there's not one prolific person or someone that we admire that we would ever talk about or have on a podcast that just had a comfortable life and then they did nothing. You know what I mean? So like, you know, that you had to go through something to make something happen. And, and so while most of us, we try and avoid problems and mistakes and failures, we also forget that's where all the growth is because that's the thing that gets everyone so successful. And, and it's hard to understand if you're not in that space, but if you go through a lot of hardship, like you need the lows to fill those highs. And I think that's really important for me, man. Like one of the, um, like if we're getting deep and, and like, you know, truth, truthful here, like for me, like I had a lot of, um, a lot of death in my teenage years. So, um, I remember the day, like my uncle I was like close to my uncle, but he hung himself in the family house Um, I remember how that impacted my mom. I remember like my, I don't remember this, but when I was first born, my auntie also um, died of a drug overdose. Um, So so that was my mom's sister and my mom's brother. Um, And then when I was 21, oh, so when I I was a teenager, I had a few friends that um, died of drug overdoses and also uh, end up committing suicide. And then when I was 20, 21, my dad died of a drug overdose as well. And so for me, like a lot of those things, and I've seen a lot of that, Right. Um, A lot of those things makes you realize how short life is because you know how short life is. You know, if you you live behind a white picket fence and you don't understand how life actually works and rolls and how you need to sort of show up and and the things you got to do and and all that, um, it's hard to sort of move in that way. But when you see it, you have urgency because you're like, well... Literally today could be my last day. Like I, there is no sugarcoating that. Like that's just the truth of it. So what is my legacy? If you can, if people talk about legacy, it's like oh man, when I'm sixty years old, this is what they're going to be talking about. So hey, I might not live to sixty years old. What are they going to talk about tomorrow? Yeah. So I need to start thinking about what what moves me right now and how can I impact people in a positive way and how can I do that right now because I got time right now. My dad's not here anymore. I am here, so I want to make sure that I'm making use of the time that you know I woke up this morning and, and it's incredible. I'm incredibly thankful
1: man, I, I think that gratefulness is what resonates probably the deepest. Okay, so here's, a, here's, here's where I wanted to go with this. Actually, you just like, man, you just segued us into this. You, you teed me up for this one too well, Chai. But <laughs> here's, here's what I want to know is like, how does a guy that has enough energy, enough time to pour into mostly strangers, right? Mm. Like people that feel like they know you, but you don't know them. How does that guy, like what's, what's your relationship with and if if you don't want to answer this, feel free. Yeah. But like what's your relationship with your mom like? How does how does a guy like that is that's so capable of showing up for complete strangers? And yet you watched your mom go through what you said, your her sister and her brother, and then your father. Mm-hmm. So like you, you st- I'm assuming, do you stand in the gap there? Like, are you this intentional with your closest relationships? Of course. Like I'm always ringing up my mom
0: or sending her flowers every couple of weeks. And because I live a little bit, f- you know, further away from her. But she's definitely my biggest inspiration, man. Like she's been through more than anyone I know. Um, you know, when I was growing up, it was a lot of domestic violence with my mom and dad. And I've seen her go through a lot of stuff and she's so resilient. when I go see it, she's still happy. She still smiles, you know, everything's still positive and she impacts people in a positive way. And when I see that, I'm like, man, she's been through shit, like way more than me. And if she's able to go through all that, and she still lives in government housing now. So she's still in, um, you know, all around the world, we all call that something different, but, um, she's still in, in that same situation. And I, a dream of mine is I want to get her out of there. I want to buy her a house one day and I want to help, you know, support her as she supported me. So that would be amazing.
1: I mean, that's the, the only reason I ask that is because I, what I've learned, and I say this all the time on this podcast, like this, the entire purpose of this podcast was self-serving. Mm. The, and, and I'm perfectly willing to say that. Like I started this podcast because I wanted an outlet. I wanted an opportunity to speak to people that I admire. Um, but most of the time that outlet doesn't come through like, hey, let's just jump on the phone with each other. Totally. And, but what I've learned throughout the course of three seasons now of doing this with, with people that I just look up to all over the world is that you're just, and you can feel free to disagree, but in general, the most prolific people that we know are just as afraid of, of big steps, of courageous moves, of failure, yeah, of, of, of anything. But, but you've benchmarked that fear in a different way.
0: Well, I mean, like we're all scared of something, man, but like courage is definitely, it's the definition of being scared and doing it regardless. Like that's the definition of courage. So when we talk about courage, it's like, well, one person's got courage and one doesn't, but what is the definition? They both have fear, but one person stepped forward anyway, or opened the door anyway, regardless of what's behind that door or how scary the drop is or, or whatever it is. And I think um, it takes a long time to build courage and, and it's all, like it's all rel- relative to the person. Um, because obviously the first time I got on a podcast, I was scared for my life. Like I was like, man, I, this is a hard thing to do. And then after a while, there's a new benchmark and you can kind of keep pushing those boundaries. And I think that process and obviously happiness comes from progress. And so I think that progress and growth for me is, is key yeah, for moving forward.
1: Yeah, so I guess my question then is is how do you or like how do you suggest to people all these people that you train and talk to yep. that that people don't run from that fear because what you exactly what you just said is that like in, unless you're willing to lean into that fear there isn't growth. Well, there, there's a few different
0: ways, and, and one thing we got to realize is we we all do something because of one motivator, and it's either getting away from something, and it's a past experience where we have been, we went broke, made no bookings, made no money dad died like whatever it is or we go on towards something I want to be a millionaire I want I want to change lives I want to do something and some of us are lucky enough to have both and then so we're moving away and we're going towards um so that's really important but the other thing that's really important is um like as we grow as humans like if you actually want to make impact actual impact in the world like you have to be uncomfortable and you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and what i mean by that is like for me i am in such a situation where like I could easily become comfortable right now. I could become comfortable, man. Like there's no problem with that. But I make sure that I go all in on everything that I do, that I almost lose all my money over and over and over. And I, and I, I do so many things because I'm like, if I'm not fighting, then I'm just sitting on the couch. If I'm not fighting, I'm not reaching new people. If I'm not fighting, then there's no point of doing it, right? It's not worth doing. So, for me there's a measurement there it's like if i if it's yeah if it's not scaring me and if, and if it's not going it's not worth going 100% into then
1: it's not worth putting a little bit of the percent into yeah so how does that strain though your personal life um, i mean I think, because um, I-
0: a lot of us we always like kind of get confused with personal life and, and business life and you always hear this notion of like balance um and, yeah. and balance, it's all, yeah, which it's all
1: barely exists.
0: Yeah, It's all BS, yeah. right? Because it's it's someone trying yeah. to balance a shitty life of the shitty job. That's what comes from like nine to five to, to the shitty, it's like, oh God, got some balance. I've got one week off this year. I'm going to go in the whole day on my jet ski. Like that's balance. But to me, like balance is not like that at all. It's ebb and flows. And so if you're, when you're sort of like leveling up in personal growth, there's different, there's different pillars that you want to work on. And for me, I had big goals. I've got financial goals. And I have three things that I say. It's healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I say this all the time. So for me, health is my physical health, but my relationships as well. So how healthy are my relationships, my relationships with my partner and everything like that. Wealth, I'm looking after that. I'm stoking that fire. I'm making a bonfire and getting people around it, warming them up, creating opportunities, giving away money. I'm doing all those things. And then wise, I'm, I'm feeding my brain. I'm learning new things. I'm meeting new people. Um, and for me, and everyone's different. Someone else might have spirituality in there, and someone else might there's always there's so many different things. But for me, they're my three pillars. And so like if I have an unrealistic goal, let's say I want to make a million dollars, oh I've got an unrealistic goal, it's crazy. I mean, it's got to be met with an unrealistic goal in my in my home life as well, in all aspects of my life. Because hey, if I'm just going after a million dollars, I'm gonna lose my relationship, I'll lose my wife, I'll lose my kids, I'll lose my sanity, I'll lose a lot of things. And so it instead of it coming at a cost, it's like, how can you incorporate having unrealistic goals throughout everything? Because if you're not going home right now, and if you're just sitting there watching Netflix with your partner, like that's BS, man, you should be going home going, oh, now is time with my partner. Let's go and have some good sex. Let's go and let's go and have a deep, deep, meaningful conversation. Like, let's talk about our day together. Let's spend an hour, you know, let's, I'm going to cook you a meal because I'm like, this is the task in front of me. And this is the most important thing. Now, most people that go home, go, i think about work. I had a bad day. Don't talk to me, babe. I had a bad day. I'm thinking about work right now. And so they confuse like a a high vibe in life with just work and just a metric. But really it has to be across the board because if you had a a fight with your partner, then guess what? You're going to go to work next day. You're not going to opt. You're not going to perform at that high level because you're going to have something else on your mind. Something's out of balance there.
1: Man, this is an absolutely enormous uh, talk track for us to chase down because I, I think what you just hit on, is probably the most prolific. At least, at least in in the U.S., it's the it's the single biggest problem that I run into, um, in our mentor programs and, and when we're coaching, is this idea of of putting a, um, putting a number to like a, a metric to your happiness, and then saying like, when I hit that number, mm. then I'll start working on my relationships. And so, but you know, I've said frequently is as I've said, like your first, your first hundred thousand dollars, at least in the U.S. It's different. I know anywhere in the world, and we've got listeners on in every continent. But like in the United States, is your first hundred thousand dollars is just it's it's a choice that you make. It is literally a choice. You just decide I'm going to work hard enough that I can make that kind of money. Now, whether or not you're capable of working that hard or not isn't the question. It's just whether or not you're educated enough to to continue to make the right choices, right? But it's like then. Once you get there, at least in my opinion, your second hundred thousand dollars is like what are you willing to give up for that? Like what sacrifices are you willing to make in in your home life, in your health, in your your mental life? Um, you know, like you know, your mental health. Like, where, where, where is it? Are you willing to flex in order for the the number to continue to go up? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, look, I think it's um, like I, I agree with everything that you're saying there, and I also disagree in in some sense. I love to bring a different perspective. Yeah, like I don't think like from one hundred to two hundred, you have to give up too much. Like I, like my business now is in you know, multi millions per year, but I didn't have to give up my relationship mm-hmm. or my happiness to to be able to do those things. Yeah, but. There is always something you've got to give up for a higher level of self. There has to be, right? Because there's only a certain amount of capacity that we have. So, the way that I coach and teach is, um, if you're thinking about yourself in twelve months' time, if you're twelve months, so in your analogy, if you're twelve months' time, right now you make a hundred thousand, and in twelve months you make two hundred thousand. So, what do you need to give up? And so, the things that I think about is who is that person and what did they give up, and and I start working out the things I don't love about myself. Maybe I should give up that um, that trait about myself. Maybe I should lose the fear around, I'm going to have to work harder to make more money. I have to change my mindset around that. I have to, because that person that makes 200,000 doesn't have time to think about these smaller problems that I have now. I also have have to have a better relationship with my partner so I can continue to make some more money. So I need to work on those things now. So we can give up the things that we don't love about ourselves, but the reason why people don't grow is because no one wants to give up their identity and we are tied to our own identity. For instance. If I said to you, God doesn't exist, right? And then you said, no, God does. I could be wrong and you could be wrong, but we will fight because we both believe we're right and we will not listen to someone else, right? Because it's our identity. It's like, no, I I believe and you don't believe, right? So so with that identity, we do that with everything and we fight. Even when we start to know that we're wrong about something, we'll still fight because the last thing we want to be is wrong and we don't want to be wrong as in the sense of like, this whole time I've been wrong and then why? why didn't I know before? And then our identity gets lost. And so as we grow, we don't want to lose our identity because here's an example. You probably got friends, I I hate rich people. Well, if you hate rich people, your identity is you don't want to be someone that makes a million dollars maybe, right? So it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. for you to break the identity of being someone that makes average income or lives low, like, you know, on a very low wage. It's hard for you to believe that maybe there's a better way because you're trying to fight for what you have. So then you're right because your identity is attached to it. So I believe if you want to grow and you want to make 200,000, I mean, anyone can make 200,000 right now and you don't have to yeah. give up too yeah. much. Right. But we need to start giving up the things that we don't love about ourselves so we can make space for that new person so we can actually grow and we can be more accepting to all the things around us. Uh, we have a higher capacity to be able to take in more information and, um, and we're open and, and hyper aware of what's actually happening in the market and everything else.
1: Yeah, I think there's something that you just said. If I could like boil that down, I think at its core, what you basically just said is you have to be comfortable being wrong. Like yeah. your entire identity can't be wrapped up in simply being right. Totally. Yeah. Which is, I mean, just just that sentence is life-changing. Like when you when you get to the point where you can you can sit with somebody that you completely disagree with and risk being
0: wrong. Yeah. There's growth. It's so much growth, man. And no one does it. And it just blows my mind that we all have to be right all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, but here's the question then is, is the, the dichotomy there of being a coach. So how do, you, how do you fight that? Because you have people... I'm not right people all People leaning in... I'm not right.
0: Like I'm probably right like 51% of the time, man. And like all I have to be successful is I only have to win 51% of the time. Just the same as I go to the casino. 49% of the time I fail and that's fine. As long as I'm 1% closer towards where I want to go. When I teach people, I don't say, hey, this is my way. The only way, this is the strategy is going to work for you. I say, what do you need right now? Because I'm a coach, right? So I'm like, what do you need right now? What strategies do you need? Where are you in your journey? You know, instead of me sort of pushing them the new strategies and stuff that meant most people don't need strategies. I said, "Jai, you know what? I actually just had a mentoring session and she literally said to me at the end, you know what? I just needed to talk through this plan. So all I needed, I just need you to listen and validate that plan. I, like, I know. I already knew what you needed because that's what I do. I'm, I coach people. Does that make sense? So I know that I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: so let me then ask, where did, where did you, how more like, the, I think is the question. How did you develop this voice? It's, it's because I didn't go to school. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Tell me, yeah. Ex- expand on that. Cause this, that's, that is where I was, what I was hoping you were going to lean on yeah. is something like that. Yeah. Like your voice came from, from battle. So, well, if you don't go to school, the, the, you, you have a different learning
0: system, right? So for me, I don't put my hands up to ask a question. I just put, I just ask the question. Uh, I don't feel wrong or silly to ask a question. I just ask because I'm intrigued. I have curiosity, right? And so I, when I grew up, I didn't get told no, or I shouldn't, or I can't, or it's impossible, or I'm wrong, or I failed. Like I didn't get taught any of those things. I didn't fail a test. I didn't do a test, right? So it's a different way that I learned. I did a little bit of homeschooling, but we, when I grew up, when I was real young, we were homeless. And then I went into some government housing and then I went through a few different schools for like a few years there. I enrolled myself into a school for a bit. Then I just dropped out of school because I needed a job to go support my family and stuff. Mom, like I had to support my mom and everything. Um, so that's my life. But, but for me, I know that's where that comes from because... For me, I am happy to have a conversation with anyone because I've always felt undereducated and inadequate. So I love listening to anyone else's perspective because I'm like, oh, you've got a lot of knowledge that I don't know. And I need that knowledge. I'm sitting here in a room. I know from you, Miles, right now, I'm gonna learn something from this. And that's why I'm always in here. That's why I say yes to everything like this, because I'm like, yeah. Or like I can't, I can't fool myself to believe that I know everything and I shouldn't be here, or I'm better or smarter, or more successful than anyone. So no, I'm just literally just learning and I could learn something today. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. That's my thing.
1: You know, you know what I'm fascinated by? Everything that you just said. It, it's, it's actually the reason why, um, and, and this isn't necessarily to talk, talk badly about this institution or just the concept in general. But I was, a, uh, I was an adjunct, a professor for a little while. I taught photography. Um. And what I found in myself was this, was this unique part of myself that I'm not comfortable with. I don't know bitterness well. I, I had, a, I had a, an interesting childhood, and that's for another episode. But I, but I never got bitter. And one of the first things that I ever found myself getting bitter about was the, the like politics of education. The way that I felt like I was supposed to be shaping these minds Mm. to be more and more like mine, and all I really wanted to do was to understand theirs better, right? Like I felt like I was the one in school, but I was supposed to be giving the grades. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and so what you just like what you just said is is brilliant in the sense that like I think you and you would agree with this, I'm sure. I think you did have an education, right? Like you spent you've you've spent your time you've spent your time learning from the people around you that were were willing to give you that. So let's take this down then down out of the clouds just enough to put a camera in your hands. How how does that correlate for you because that's a that's a high technical job with a with an intentional creative creative outlet and and by the way not for nothing but the business element isn't easy either. So how do how do you go from being you know, in government housing surrounded by, you know, death and struggle and clearly imbalance to being balanced enough to say, like, I will be there on on your, you know, most intentional day and I'll be the rock for you with a camera.
0: Yeah, it's real interesting. I think for me um, business comes second nature, like because I I did get an education right. I grew up in the streets. So I, I have that street mentality where I understand business. I understand the hustle, right? So that hustle applies straight into business. And my first business, which was a failed business when I was 20 years old, I had a cafe, went bankrupt. And I learned so much from that. It was part of my education. From for me, like I was always creative too. I played guitar and um, you know, easy, just could play guitar, could take photos, could paint, could do all that kind of stuff. Um, so photography was insanely easy for me. Like it, it literally just, there's only three things that change, like your shutter and your, you know, aperture or whatever. So it was just like such a, it was such an easy thing that I was like, oh my God, like I could take photos of this thing. And then business already was second nature. So I already understood business. And then what I didn't realize was, then this is, was the, this was the penny drop for me. When I was out there, my first year, man, I I shot a ton of weddings for free. It made sense to me. I got a lot of hate and stuff, Um, but I made six figures as well. And I also like um, got published. I did some international weddings. I set myself up for my first workshop. I did all this in my first 12 months. Right. And I thought it was just normal. And then until people started coming to me going like, how did you make money from photography? Not many people back in 2013, no one makes six figures from photography. Right. And I was like, what do you mean? Like you just do this and this. And then after a while, so in 2015, I did my first business workshop because I realized, I was like, oh my God, no one here knows business. People don't know. Yeah. And I was like, it's amazing. And, and because it's so second nature to me, I wasn't classically trained. I teach it the way that they would understand it. I'm like, this is all it is, guys. It's really
1: fun. Does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it is interesting. I think I've had this conversation. I want to say I've had this conversation with Ben Hartley, where I, I basically said like people want to make success... This massive algorithm, right, where you have to put in all these variables, and it's it's this long division of like carry the one, and then you know make sure that all your decimals are in line, and and the reality is like it's very much a two plus two equals four, right? You just make the right choice. It's also like you just got to decide that you're successful. Many of us, we always
0: think we're unsuccessful. I hit six figures. Oh, I'll be successful when I have 200,000. I'll be successful when I have 300,000. So man, decide today that you're successful and then see how that feels for you because it feels amazing to be successful.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's brilliant. Uh, that's that's a beautiful way to put that because I think that's the thing that probably makes you stand out as a coach is is this sense of... um And you feel free to correct me here. But... I get the sense that you are very mindset first. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Right? Like, we do need to... Of course, we need to get your p ls in line. Of course, we need, to under, you know, you need, we need to have the right gear and the right mindsets and the right stylistic things and blah, blah, blah. But like, first, let's, let's fix your head. So, so where does that process start for you? Like, say I, I sign up for Six Figure mm-hmm. uh, Business Map tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And how do you begin shaping the mind? Yeah,
0: it's actually a good question today because I just finished a four-day boot camp. So when everyone joins up, I did a four-day boot camp, which is like two hours per morning for four days. Um, And it's amazing, man, because what most people don't have is they come and they don't have clarity, don't know what the next strategy is, don't know what they're going to look like next year. They don't know, they don't know. And so there's a lot of like variables there. So I just help them find... In a peace for themselves, with understanding, like not knowing is where you need to be anyway. It's what we, list, like, that's all of us. But then having that north star that we can sail our boat towards, because the whole business maps about a boat and and like sailing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then showing them how I explain to them, like they're a five year old, what business is, how easy it is, how we can separate ourselves, and then how we can start changing our mindset around how we act. For the next 12 months, when we come into the course, uh, how we interact with other people around us, um, how we see failure, how we, yeah, basically all those things. And I think it takes a long time because no one's going to change, you know, completely over four days, but I do know that everyone that comes in, cause it's a little bit more expensive, expensive is they are coachable, they're willing and they listen and then they do the work. And then after a while, they go, oh my God, I came here for the Facebook ad strategy that makes lots of money. But I actually, Mm. actually, this is the thing that that's changed the game. You know what I mean? And so, man, the problem was like with the whole mindset thing is like I was teaching mindset. The exact same stuff I teach today is what I taught in 2015. Exactly the same. And back then it wasn't trendy. And so it was really hard to try and show people that mindset was the thing. And now like thankful for me but now it, it, i kind of like get a little bit annoyed about it because i'm like everyone teaches mindset now it's trendy and i'm like shit man you know how many years i had to like hustle to get that into the mainstream but now it's like oh it's the thing and i'm like i know it's the thing like come on guys but yeah it's it's just like yep. yeah it's just one it is the most important thing it is it doesn't matter like you and i could have um all the same strategies in the world all the same blueprint in the world but we're going to have completely different results and it comes down to our mindset
1: yeah. And, and I, think, I think... I mean, to give you the credit there, frankly, I think it shows in the way that you, the way that you teach. So let's use Summit as an example. The, the first Summit that you did, um, you were kind enough to give, me, to give me entrance to that. I don't know if you even remember that. Yeah. But, um, and, I, and I sat back and I, and I watched because it was several of my friends that were a part of things, right? Like Jonas is a friend of mine and Don is a friend of mine and, uh, and John Brantz are friends of mine. And so I kind of sat back and I was like, I want to know not knowing you but knowing a lot of the other speakers. Yep. I want to know how Jai plugs himself into this because it's a tall task to sit next to Jonas Peterson mm-hmm. or to sit like this is a this is a big ask and you know what I was blown away by was the fact that you allowed the space. You allowed the, uh, the freedom for people to sit in what they're good at. To say like, yeah, Jonas, talk about story. Tell about story. Totally. Or like, Dawn, expand on how you build these, beautiful, these in-depth relationships with your clients. But then what you did is you came in and you just spoke to the mind. And I remember being so captivated because I, I was hearing stories from photographers that I've known for years that I'd heard before. But I was so captivated by the way that you just speak to the mind. And you say like, let's just take... Let's set the camera down. Right? And let's say like, if, somebody's, if somebody stole your camera tomorrow, how are you going to feed your family? And, and I think that's the, the brilliance is that you're teaching people, you're training people how to, how to live. And the camera is the a catalyst. I, I know. It's so much more than
0: just business. Like it's so wrapped up in like, oh, it's business strategies. But really, it's like, it's actually life. Like let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like all these things that we we talk about and we bring together is like what people don't know when they leave the business map. It's like, man, not only can you have a successful business now, but you can have multiple of them. You can keep building them for the rest of your life. But it's actually all the other parts of your life. You know, you've got you got better relationships now. You got more time now. You got all like you are acting better with other people. Like there's so much more that I know they're gonna walk away with, and I know. Like a deal is always, here's the thing, like if we talk about business, like the way a good business transaction works is I, if I'm selling something, I need to have the shit end of the deal, right? So that means if I'm selling something, if it's my wedding photography services, I need to feel like I'm getting ripped off because I'm giving so much away. And then I'm getting, I'm like, oh man, but it makes me feel good because I'm like, that's an amazing experience. So with the business map, I know that when someone starts out, I'm like, man, it's the best decision you could ever make because you're going to get so much from that small investment in this way I see it. Right. And so, yeah, that I think, um, it blows my mind that I know what people are going to walk away with, but they don't know yet. They don't even know what they need. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, so here's, I guess my next question then is how do you cope with With failure, then, like, how do you handle that? Because a lot of these people, and you're bound to know this, right? But a lot of these people will go through this, will go through this process. They will learn all the right things, but they're so incapable of getting out of their own way, Mm. right? They they self sabotage. It's such a like their their core ethos is insecurity. So, how is it that you have separated yourself from that? And and because you've mentioned several times, like you're not only do you fail, but you're happy to fail. You
0: can use failure as like a, like a measurement tool, right? And so the more rejections you get, um, you can use that as a measurement tool, because if I'm going to have unrealistic goals and I want unrealistic things to happen, then I need to take unrealistic actions. And that means there's going to be things that don't hit and there's going to be rejections. There's going to be other things. Now, for an example, when people join the business, map, a lot of people say to me, like, "Jai, one of my goals is I want to get featured in the wedding magazine. That'd be amazing. Oh, what have you done? Oh, I submitted in once and then um, they said no. Well, what'd you do since? Nothing. Like, okay, so that's where the problem is, right? Because if you want to get featured in one magazine, you better submit to 10 of them. Like you need nine rejections because if you don't get nine rejections, you just didn't show up relentlessly enough for your goals, right? And it's the same with everything. If I want a successful launch, I've got to do 10 of them because I know it's not today. And it's like the, all the things that I build. I know everything that I do, it all steps me. As long as it's getting me 51% closer, you know, towards my goal and I can fail 49% of the time, I'm still moving forward. When most people think they have to have a hundred percent rate, otherwise they're a failure. Hey, it just doesn't work like that. But even if you went to school, you only had to do 51% to be able to pass your grades. Right? So when I work out that mass, I'm like, geez, man, I only have to be half good with anything. Like I don't even need to be a hundred percent good. And as long as I'm half good and I've got direction, um, it's an easy call for me. And so yeah. Getting rejections, failing happens to me all the time, happens to me a lot, but it means I know that I'm growing because it means that I'm not trying to play it safe. I'm not trying to protect the downside. I'm I'm willing for growth. I'm open for growth. I'm investing in myself and um, trying something new is investing in myself because I'm giving myself the space, the money, the energy to try something that may not work out. And I think that's something I'll never let, I'll never lose that.
1: So then where was... Take us take us into a moment then where, where you've you've lost that edge. Like oh. where what, what was a failure that you that shook you? Because there's there's no way like you you don't you don't discover flexibility in your life without a, a pulled muscle here and there.
0: Um a failure that actually shook me was my first major failure. Um I had lost when I was a kid, but my first major ones when I went bankrupt with my cafe. Um it was really hard for me and and it was really hard for my now wife and she was with me at the time I was 20 years old and um it was really hard because i put in my life savings i was like i started work and left school when i was 15 and i worked for 5 years and um i put in all my life savings and i got out some loans and stuff and I, and i started this cafe and it went for 12 months i didn't know anything about business and it was huge you could sit 300 people i had staff baristas you know it was like 11 people cruising around working um i was just young and naive and and i think um the thing that kind of made it stop was my partner turned to me and said, we're burning out and I'm like, you have to stop this. We have to stop. And that was the thing because I went and got a full-time job just to try and put money in the till. So I'd work 50 hours a week and then I'd come back, work all weekend and I was working all night and literally no sleep. And then we lost our house and then we we're sleeping in the car in the car yard and, and like it just got harder and harder. And then I realized I was going to lose her as well. So I was like, okay, we have to, we got no more money. We have to give up. And I remember closing the roller door for the last time. We hopped in this car that my friend actually gave me because uh, we had no money or anything. And we drove out to the beach. And I remember that night, like sleeping. I didn't sleep at all. We were laying in the back of the car and um, we had blankets on us and stuff. And I remember the next morning, I was watching the sunrise over the ocean and I was just looking out there, right? And I was thinking to myself like, shit, man, like a lot happened this last year and a lot happened yesterday. But for some reason, like this sunrise, I remember just feeling like, if this is the as low as it gets, like it's not that low, it's not that bad. Like I, I have beach views right now. Like this is my partner's right next to me. Like I had the window cracked a little bit, and the, and the breeze was coming in, and I just felt like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, "Why was I so scared of failure when this is it? Like who cares, right?" And so that for me was like a huge pivotal point that i realized i didn't need things and i didn't need anything else besides the fact that i just learned a lot and that's all i need as long as i got my sanity in my mind and i made a plan that day to go and make stuff go make something of myself and i did
1: okay so i mean one dude absolutely like amazing story i mean remarkable story you've got a million of those though and they don't get told enough i, I want you to hear that like <laughs> yeah but they they don't i mean they they say a lot about who you are but what you said in there between the lines was that the one thing you were unwilling to lose was your partner. Right? Like the car wasn't even yours. It wasn't yours to lose. Right. So like the one thing that you had that you were unwilling to give up was her. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, if that doesn't say the most about your, your character, just who you are as a, as an individual. So then my assumption then is like, is then the, the catalyst for for success then like is i know i know you want to have that strength inside of you but like was the catalyst for growth out of that hole then you know like keeping her or or just providing for her you know what i mean like mm. build, building the the life that she deserved because you had clearly gotten to the point where you were capable of saying like i deserve what i what i have i'm willing to take risk
0: yeah Yeah. I mean, it's a good question, man. And and you're going to make me cry on this thing, but I don't, um, it's interesting because I probably didn't think about it that hard. And I think it's painful for me because, um, afterwards, like I, I went, I actually like sacrificed my life after that to go to the, go to the mines actually. To go and like make back some money and stuff. And it was like fly in, fly out. And it was like hard conditions and all this kind of stuff. And I set her up a house and stuff. So um, it was all good. But then she actually ended up leaving me like three months after that. So, and so that was like a big chunk of my life that, yeah, I felt like I really lost everything like from, from that experience. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you, <laughs> you found it. Well, I mean, that's okay, dude. This is the good stuff. Like this is the depth, Jai. Like the, these are the things that like, man when you when you look at your heroes, and I think that you're on your way to that, I want you to hear that from like another like a you know another photographer near the <laughs> top of the industry like when you look at your heroes and then you say, "Okay, so you hit rock bottom in your own head, you just said it, right like I, I woke up, I had beach views, and I realized it wasn't that bad, and dude, three months later it got worse
0: mm. yeah got, i think i think it got a, I think it got a lot worse over the next couple of years to be honest, like it was um, demoralizing, like trying to um, bring everything back together that you built. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you've got this life and, and then all of a sudden you've got to, one is like, you've got to realize that you made mistakes. You're not what you thought you were, not as smart as you thought you were, not as deserving as you thought you were. Like there's all these things um, that come through your mind. And then two, you're like, oh, I need a new system. I'm wrong. Like my identity's gone. I need something new. And that was hard for me.
1: And so you're left though. I mean, this is, I I think, probably the most beautiful thing that you could be then. So you're left with all this experience and all this capability and all this self-awareness, but you're a blank canvas again.
0: Yeah. Literally, that's how it felt, man. I was reborn.
1: And so, okay. So then talk us into Free the Bird. Because... Yeah. Somewhere in there, I, I know that we're jumping. Like I realize that we're jumping. We're jumping past the heat because there's no reason to make you dwell in it. Because what's important here is not then what happened over the next couple of years. But what's important is then the deciding, the decision where suddenly you became you became something new out of all of that. So so take take us into Free the Bird, dude.
0: Well, I think um a lot of people don't really know this story, but um I was working in the mines for a little bit in like Queensland. But then, um, I needed to get more money and I, and I was just like really keen to fast track my, my life basically with all that. And so I actually took on a job on the other side of the country, doing fly in, fly out. So I left all my friends and family, um, felt very isolating, like one of the most isolated places in all the world, actually. Um, and I worked in a, like a, it was like a community hospital out there. I was an electrician. I'm working on a community hospital in a mining town. Um, and everyone used to go to the pub after work and just go and drink the night away straight after work, you know? And so I went there like once or twice and there was some rough stuff that was happening and, and it just wasn't for me. And I was like, I need a new hobby. I need something. And so I actually asked one of my friends if I could buy his camera off him, which was like a Canon 5d, I think. And, um, After work, I would go and just shoot photos on anything, everything. I would go take photos of the ocean, of the beach, um, drive around, take photos. There wasn't, there's not much out there. Taking photos of leaves or whatever it is. Uh, And then I started a WordPress blog because I didn't want to tell all my tradie friends that I was like, you know, an artist. So I um, started that and I called it Free the Bird. And I I didn't call it my name because I was like freeing my own imagination. Or it was also like freeing freeing myself from prison. That's what it felt like. I was like, I'm freeing myself from prison. And so, yeah, I'd go and take photos of everything and everything, anything post it on, on WordPress. And back in those days, you could have a blog and, and people acted like Instagram. They comment to each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. And then just one day uh, I woke up and I had about a thousand emails and I was like, what's going on here? And it, my, one of my photos got featured on the front of WordPress itself. And then people ask me if I could shoot their wedding and all this kind of stuff. And I've never, I've never been to a wedding, man. I went to my parents' wedding when I was like 14 years old in our lounge room. And like, that was it. And so, um, I said, yeah, I can come and shoot a wedding. Like, that sounds fun. So when I finally moved over back over to the East coast of Australia, um, I shot a couple of weddings first, like, and it was a bit of a crazy story. And then I remember one day I was just at work and I was like, I was actually making some good money at work and stuff. And I feel like that part of me was over. And I was like, man, money's not bringing me happiness. I thought it was going to, I thought that was the thing that I needed, you know, to help my family and help everyone, but money's not it. And I was like, I'm going to pursue photography, I think. And I remember turning to my partner. um, I was like, I'm going to do this full time. I went to my job the next day and I quit. And then I come back and told my wife and then she was like, oh shit, how are we going to pay bills? I had no work or nothing. There was no, there was no nothing. I didn't know how to use my camera and I went full time that first 12 months. That was the first 12 months. I had to learn how to use my camera that first 12 months. Um, and, I, and I made six figures and I did everything else. But that was just a fucking wild ride.
1: And I, I, my favorite thing about this industry, it is actually like that moment, that deciding moment. I've, I've talked about this in I don't know how many captions and blogs and podcasts, but you know people never think about this. But the reality is like nobody ever runs off a cliff. Like that, that's not what happens. You jump off a cliff. Yeah. There's a moment of going up. Before you go down. And there's this pivotal moment, right, where every photographer, like somebody ends up grabbing a camera. Perfect, perfect example, the, the most parallel opposing example to you is, is uh, Pi Jersa's story, right? He's super, very successful accountant, very educated, you know, MBA, um, you know, working for a large bank and he hates his job. And he, he ends up with a camera in his hand simply because he's like, oh my God, people pay money for this. So he's like sure, yeah, why not. Right? But what's fascinating to me is everybody jumps for a different reason.
0: Mm.
1: But then what seems like happens is regardless of the reason, like regardless of the moment where you where you say like, yeah, I think I could actually do this. The fall ends up being so similar. And we all end up becoming a part of this subculture. Totally. These, you know, these artists and these and and it brings us all together, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about just who you are as a person is that you've you have united, literally globally united, a, a community of people that prior to Summit and and really prior to just your vision were really pretty fragmented. Mm. Um, and so, so where did where did that confidence? I guess where did the vision for Summit come from? Because there's a big jump, there's a big leap to go from being a wedding photographer to saying, I want to connect wedding photographers all over the world.
0: Oh, it was actually wild, man. Like it it came from... um, Same thing, like every time I get stuck somewhere. But um, I was teaching workshops since 2015. And I had a whole bunch of workshops booked in in 2020, you know, in New York and Los Angeles. And they're all sold out and everything. But they all stopped. and I had to give refunds. All my work stopped. And so I was going to create a course called The Business Map. And I was going to do it in 2019. Um, Actually, I was going to do it in 2021, to be honest. so I had this roadmap and so I released my first course, uh, in nine, in 2019, then my second one in 2020. And then when I lost everything, I was like, um, I was like right now, more people need to know the knowledge that I need, that I know than ever before. Like this has to be a thing. And I only had, I think I had about six weeks worth of money for me and my employees. And I was like, we have to either give up now and that's fine. Or we have to at least try this next six weeks and see what we can do with ourselves. So we did. And then we pre-sold the course and then we made about, I would say like maybe about $30,000 and it kept us going for a little bit longer. And then we did a proper launch. Then we made it probably about maybe $80,000, $90,000. Um, and then I was like, you know what guys, like all I want to do is just blow this up. Everyone needs more help than ever before. Let's just invest every dollar into this summit. And if it works, then it works. And if it doesn't, and then it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Both ways, we're going to just dwindle to nothing anyway. So, um, yeah, I put a hundred thousand into Facebook ads. I just started doing mentoring, getting as much money as I could put a hundred thousand in Facebook ads. I paid everyone. I didn't ask for anyone to do anything for free. Even my wife paid everyone. Um, and we had no expectations. We had no idea what it was going to be. And I was just like, fuck it. Like I need help. Everyone else needs help. And people need to come together right now. and, And this is the thing. This is the best idea I can come up with, you know, so going all in. And so, yeah, we went all in, we reinvested every dollar and then we're fucking broke. And then it was like, this better work. Like hopefully stuff happens. And then yeah, like it for some miracle it
1: worked. It did. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I call it a miracle, but I, I think it's it's just a testament to a, a solid vision. I mean, I, I wanna tell you, like, so you first came on the radar for me. Um, I was trying to think this through as I was prepping for this call. I wanna say it was late 2018, it may have been early 2019. Um, one of my employees, uh, a guy named Max Grubb, and he worked for me for nine years. Um, and I think you've chatted with him a couple of times before. But um, for all I know, he may be doing business map right now, if I'm honest. But um, he wouldn't tell me. He you know, like we're such good friends, but he keeps you know he. I, this is what I love about him. But um, I remember him sitting with me in one of our our uh, employee meetings, and he said, "Hey, you need to check first things first. You need to check out these presets." Because these things are... They're just totally different than anything else in the market. There's a completely different vibe than anything on the market. And whether you like them or not, we need to learn from the color science here. And that was my first introduction with Free the Bird. right? I was sitting looking at them and saying like, Okay, this is a person or a group of people, a a company that just looks at color in a way that I've never seen. And it's disruptive. And here's the funny thing is actually, I'm sitting at this coffee shop with him and I'm like, Man, I don't like it. But it's I early. don't know why I don't like it. Because it's so disruptive that I'm like, I don't think we're ready for it. Mm, but I want to know who the photographer is that's shooting it. Like somebody is using this and they're using it well. So he ends up finding, you know, finding your name, pulling up your stuff. We start looking through your work. And then I, I remember just being... Uh, truly, I mean, that was one of the, one of the, one of the biggest years that, I ha- that I've had business-wise. So I remember just being humbled the fact that I'm like, you know what? What there isn't enough of in this industry is disruptors. There's a lot of success. Totally. There's, there's, and, there's, and there's more room for plenty more, right? There's, there's more than enough weddings. There's more than enough portrait sessions. There's more than enough money. But there's not enough disruption. And anyway, fast forward into the middle of the pandemic. And, and I know it, it hits you guys a totally different timeline than it hit us over here. Mm. But I was listening to Summit and my knees almost buckled because you just told, you told nearly the same story. It was similar to the same story. It was a little bit more of a polished version that I think you were ready to tell. But um, And I sat back and said, that's where we are right now. If I'm not careful, I'm losing every employee. Mm. Everybody that works for me, this team that I have built and loved and cared for and... We're, we're it's, it's gone. The money's gone. Oh, you know, I'm dipping into my savings. I'm asking them to dip into their savings. Um, I got nothing left. And I know how to provide for myself. I've got the Fujifilm endorsements. I've got the big, you know, but I don't know how to provide for everybody. And I remember hearing you say that and my knees just buckled because what I realized was I have to, there's got to be one last stand. Like, I, I, I can't bow out yet. And so what we ended up doing was this meeting with our team where I sat down with everybody virtually. We're all scared to death that we're all going to die from some, I don't know, anyway. And I sit with everybody and I basically say this. Nobody's quitting. We're going to get through this. And then on the back end, we're tearing up your non-competes. You guys are on your own. If you want to work for me, I can't wait. I'll love on you guys forever. But if you want to go out on your own, if, you, if this is where you want to be, if like this is the, the catalyst that makes you fly, then go. But not yet. Right now, trust me, hang with me, and I'll take care of it. And then we made it through. But I'm telling you, it was, it was the sentence that you just said. It wasn't me going to Summit. It wasn't me learning how to be a, become a better wedding photographer. It was the sliver of who you are when you, when you speak into somebody's mind. And, and uh, so I, I, person to person, you know, from the other side of the world, I'm, I'm really grateful for that moment with you. That's and incredible. I'm excited that I get to tell you about it firsthand. Yeah, that is cool. That um, is so cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a big moment for me. Um, it's a pretty scary moment. 2020, 2020 was a big change uh, for, for for me as a person and... And it's, it's powerful to see people that I look up to having had those same moments. Mm. So you mentioned earlier that you're running at any given time like 40 different businesses.:, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's an exaggeration, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just barely. <laughs> where do you get the uh, kind of the, the emotional it's not the mental real estate. You mentioned early on there was the naivety that fell into the reason why you failed a couple of times. Mm. Mental real estate is easy to grow, but where do you get the emotional real estate to? to jump into new things that aren't connected. Completely detached. You know, like the, the vegan clothing line that has literally nothing to do with... Totally. With teaching wedding photographers. Same as like property developing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, man, I, I guess like one thing is like they all kind of do relate in one sense. Like my cafe was the same as I ran my... I actually had electrical business as well. So my cafe, I ran it the same as my electrical business, the same as my wedding photography business, the same as my education business, as my fashion business. Like they all actually, the thing is it's all business, right? And so if we kind of break it up a little bit, what most of us think is we're photographers and we have to learn business. But what we actually are is we're business owners and we're good at photography, and so we don't actually drop the penny and realize actually I I work five days a week on my business and one day shooting which actually makes me a business owner not a photographer to be honest and so we don't take business seriously but when you do it's the same as photography right if you can shoot a wedding you probably can shoot family photos you probably can shoot commercial if you could learn a few things you probably could shoot yeah, everything of course and so business is just the same if you get obsessed and realize. A business is business. It's the same formula over and over. Works for everyone in any part of the planet. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what niche you're in. It always works. Um, then it's like, oh, cool. I could do anything. There's literally, there's nothing I couldn't start. You know what I mean? And it gets quicker and quicker. Like yep. for instance, like the Wedding Photography Summit, it's its own business. And when I launched that, like we invested six figures and we we actually got out six figures and that all happened in four weeks, I think, four weeks or five weeks or something. And I'm like, it's a formula. You can actually, um, it's the same as taking a photo. You know, the amount of people that say to me, like, we're so naive as wedding photographers and they're like, oh, Jai, you're from Australia. Would business work the same in Los Angeles? I'm like, would your camera still work in Australia? Would it work in Los Angeles? Like it's, you still take a photo, right? But business, just the same thing. We just, for some reason, we're so naive around business that we can't even compute that as a concept, because it, it just blows my mind. I, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but it blows my mind how much we're trying to do business and we don't, we're not even willing to learn it. it it's kind of like, um, it's literally the same as going like, I'm a photographer, but you've never unpacked the the box and never looked at the camera and you never learned how to use it. But saying, oh, I'm a photographer, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be hard to take an amazing photo. So that's why like 99% of businesses fail is literally because everyone just thinks it's, I don't know why, but everyone thinks it's luck. It's, it's a miracle. No one can actually do it. It's that person can, that I can't. Um, I don't know why it is. It's such a strange, bizarre thing that we've been taught that business is only for the elite and, and the rest of us just have to, we have to trial and error and fail all the time. And really, it's like you don't actually. It's a proven process. I can show you right now, over and over and over and over. And I've done it thousands of times. And I've got thousands of photographers that have hit six figures, all from the stuff that I show. Like it's, I I can't explain it any other way.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, I. It's gonna blow your mind, isn't it? Like it's
0: like. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well I yes, I mean it's it's just the, the, the sensibility of it and to be able to say like you know guys, it, it, it just just pick your passion. It's okay like to have to have the um, you know, I think a lot of people would call it courage, but I'll, I'll call it audacity or or maybe just the like the truthfully it's it's almost the uh, the arrogance of being a wedding photographer of saying like for some reason, my perspective, my 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 <laughs> presence at this event is worth money. And and there's there's a lot behind that just that statement, but I, I think it's it's remarkable for you to say as simple as you know just pick your passion. But success success isn't dictated by that passion. Success is dictated by it, then what you do to support it, mm. right? And and to expose it. I, I had a, a conversation with a um, a, a videographer, a brilliant, a good friend of mine um, that worked for me for years and years, and now is just uber successful. The other day. And he was telling me that in in twenty twenty one he looked back through and he said, "You know, listen, I worked every day of the year. I worked three hundred and sixty five days in some capacity, I did something. Mm. Um, but there was only fifty six days of the year that I was like contractually obligated, like I had to show up on that day to do like to do that job, right and And his next question for me um, was brilliant, and he said imagine what i could do with the other 300 and, you know 15 days or whatever and and i kind of sat back in my chair and i was like man this is a young kid like this is a guy that and it's like the light bulb just switched on he just realized exactly what 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 his true capacity was mm-hmm. was was not how successful he was in those 56 days but how he has six times the volume available
0: oh yeah I know. Um, that's pretty cool. It's so cool, and and what a powerful moment to come to to actually start realizing your own potential.
1: I guess that's that's where I want to want to kind of wrap this with you is like, what is like, dude? I know you're like you're Jai Long. It's funny the way you say it is so much smoother than anybody else. Just can we say it like that? But I'm Jai Long. <laughs> um, there it is. There it is. But but just Jai, man. Like just just the man, mm-hmm. the the husband, the son. Um, you know, like, let's go back to that mindset. Like the, the husband to the woman, he, he nearly lost a couple of times, right? The, the, the son to, um, you know, the mom that went through hell and has taken care of him the whole way. Like, what does Jai have left to give? Like what, what's next for you? I think, um...
0: I think the amazing thing is I've got so much to give because like a lot of the times, and in, even in this you know, conversation, we talk about like poor me and hardship and, and stuff like that. But like realistically, like, and, and I know this, like I've got to acknowledge my privilege. Like, um, you know, maybe I grew up differently to other people and maybe I didn't have the same things, but I've realized like there's so many people going through so much right now and, and I never want to feel like I deserve something or I, sh- you know, yeah. the, the path is sort of like drawn out for me, but... Um, for me, man, like, I, I think like with my privilege, it's, it's a crying shame if I didn't use it. That's the main thing. And I use it for, as where in my capacity, in my mind, it, I use it for good. And so if I can keep inspiring people, if I can keep sharing stories, um, because I've got the energy, so then I can share that energy. Like I've got the passion, I've got some, a lot of knowledge, I've got a lot of these things. And so the more that I can share with the world, I think. Um on whatever level, in whatever capacity, I think for me that's that's a huge thing. And and that's pretty much if we're talking about goals, like that's pretty much the only thing on my radar right now.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I mean I, I so appreciate the fact that you don't um, you never play the victim. You know, that's just yeah. not a part it's, it's of not like, my story. all of these you know Yeah, but I, I wanna tell you, like I I, I wanna encourage you. I, I think that the stories that you told today really are they they're not heard enough. Mm. Um, they do say a lot about who you are, just as a man, and they also do inform how powerful privilege can be. That you could go through, you know, the things that you have, and and still come out on the other side. But you know, you you never play the victim, and uh, and it's a beautiful thing. I think it's it's probably the thing that unites photographers and, and creatives and entrepreneurs. I'm assuming from all over the world, uh, kind of around you, is this sense of saying like this guy, if it, this guy believes in me for whatever reason. Totally. Um, man, I, I, had a, I had a mentor call not long ago with a, with a girl that said that she'd started her business um, with this mentality of like, I'm better than nothing. You know, I may not be good, but I'm better than nothing. And, uh, and I, I bounced back at her with that. And I said like, you can't, you can't hide behind that for very long. Because the truth is like, you're... You're better than a lot of things, like you showed up better than a lot of things. You, you're a long way from nothing, and uh, and Jay, you dude, you're pushing you're pushing boundaries that you know maybe nobody in your childhood or nobody in your like growing up nobody saw that for you, um, and so you're standing in the gap for a lot of people that probably are are in that same situation right now. You know, totally, man. Um, and I think like that's an, like a hard thing for me to
0: sort of come to terms with because. Um... I think a lot of people, especially now, like maybe in the last year, like see me as successful. But for me, I don't see that. And so I don't see, I don't see what they see because I'm busy working and I'm busy doing the next thing and I'm busy losing money and I'm busy failing and I'm busy in the middle of everything. And that's just my life. So I think for me, like, it's it's hard to come to terms to even think of what my childhood friends would ever think or like, would they even think of anything? I'm just the same person. So it's, um... Yeah. It's just like an interesting concept for me to even like, like but, but having said that, like I know that I've impacted people and that's my life's work. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that, that's like, it shouldn't be like, Oh, Joe, should be on the pedestal for that. It's like, no, he went out and did that. Like that's a, that, that's a result of like the work he's doing. That's makes sense. You know? So that's my rational, logical mind. That's how all that comes together for me.
1: So when is, when is, when is enough enough for you
0: then? Enough is never enough for anyone. Anyone that says enough is enough is burnt out because they didn't get enough. That's the honest truth. Like, because think about it. Progress is happiness, right? So if you went to school and halfway through, you're like, oh shit, man, I know enough. That's it. Like, I reckon it's not because you know enough. It's because you're overwhelmed. If you went to work and you're like, okay, this is enough. It's not because there was enough because you're overworked, overwhelmed, um probably burnt out and that's why enough is enough. I'm not burnt out, so enough is never enough because for me, I know there's something more and like it's in an injustice for me to stop myself to not help more people. To not expand, to not grow, to not inspire someone, not to fail big in front of someone, to not share those stories, to not bring people on that adventure—like, what? Like, what? How selfish would I be if I was a privileged person that didn't even push to the capabilities that I actually have? You know what I mean? So that's the way I, I see it. It's like there's people out there. Like I am a middle-aged white dude, right? With no, no, anything wrong with me. I'm, I'm, I'm capable of everything. And if I'm not like pushing to the extreme, waking up four o'clock every single day to make use of my day, then I'm like, what the fuck was I put on this world for then? Like, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's like my obligation. I have to do it.
1: Mm, That's so good, man. Okay, well, here's what I'll tell you. Commitment to you moving forward. um, And I get to say this in front of like, in front of my group, which is cool. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for years, man. But I get to say this in front of my community. Um, i 'll be at the next summit, and i i 'm going to show up from this point forward uh, for you because because you're doing some big things for an industry that means a lot to me, and you're doing some big things for people that mean a lot to me've i 've got a lot of people that i uh, you know that I coach and that I lead that are also um uh, you know, so quick and so eager to send me over their journal, right, with the ship on it and be like, look what I just did. And you know what I haven't done enough of? And, and this isn't just specific to you, but this is, this is just a conviction. What I haven't done enough of is exactly what you're doing right now, which is like showing up for other creatives simply for the fact that, um, that somebody has to. Yeah, someone has to, and, uh, and so yeah, <laughs> so dude, I I'll be there. We're, we're, you know, open open the doors and uh, and and take my credit card. Let's go. I uh, I I want to be there. I want to be a part of what you have going on, and um, I'm just a believer. More than that, though, Jai, like I, I want to thank you, like genuinely thank you for getting more candid. Um, yeah, of course, because, man. I love this interview. It was so good. Ah, dude, there's so much power in in people seeing that, like. Beyond the success and beyond mm-hmm. the... Instagram quotes. that that Yeah. And that larger <laughs> than life. Like, dude, you have that. You are that larger than life guy. You just are. And there's something really cool about that. But
0: also... It's funny. Like, like are you even saying that, man? The funny thing is like, in real life, like I'm an introvert. You know, like I just cruise around yeah. and do my thing. So it's so funny hearing someone say that from the other side of the world. It's like, shit, man. I don't don't know what I'm portraying it yep. to the world right now. I'm just doing my thing.
1: <laughs> oh, well, a lot. From from about four th- from about four thousand miles away, yeah. I can say that you're you're a household name over here. Yeah, that's cool. And uh but but yeah, I I I can say I I uh I'm in, and I'm in not not because of of the Instagram quotes, but because of the stories you just told. Yeah. So I, I'd encourage you to, to to dig deeper into that stuff because Yeah, man. Man, at some point, at some point I'm gonna end up on somebody's podcasts and I'm and I'm gonna break. Like there, there will be a random tear shed. And oh man, I'm I'm eager for it. I appreciate um, I'm you, Miles. I'm, I'm here for somebody that asks the real questions. So bring um, them. Well, dude, okay. So it's it's one o'clock in Australia. Um well, one, one fifteen or something like that. What uh what do you have going on the rest of the day? Like tell us, tell us what okay. what goes on in a long work day for Jai. Okay, so I've, I've had a couple of failures
0: today. So one big one was I'm building um 10 townhouses. Well, I'm trying to. Um, and the neighbor they, it depended on what the neighbor could do. And they said, yes, yes, yes. Like it's all oh, no problem, no problem. And so I went ahead and I spent about ten, no, about $100,000 on plans, engineering, all this kind of stuff. And they texted me today, just a random text saying, hey, deal's off, no longer doing it. And so just lost myself 100 grand, which is a hard pill to swallow because you're just like, fuck, you know. Um, and then after this, like one of my other businesses, it's just not working out for me. So I'm going to have to have a hard phone call and I'm probably going to drop it. Um, so I've got a pretty heavy afternoon on. So in Jai Long's life looks like awesomeness on Instagram, but in real life, man, there's some shit going on. Like, you know, because I mean, that's what you got to do. It's just, that's just, that's just business. It ebbs and flows. Money comes and goes. Things happen. You know, it's, it's just, it's what it is. Yeah. i made the bed. I got to sleep in it.
1: (laughs) Dude, listen, if you ever need a car to sleep in, call me. Yeah. I'm sure I, that's uh, going to happen you're, one you're day. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, man, there's there's an upstairs bedroom, and uh, <laughs> and I'm better. far too I'm far too afraid to risk it. Um, I don't think my uh, my wife would stick around nearly as long as as yours did. Totally. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it, you're, you're a lucky man, whether you know it or not, man. Oh, I know. Um, and and let me say this as as we close off, dude. She is. I talk about someone I need to have on this on this podcast. She is one of the most creative. Mm, she's amazing. Like brilliant designers. Oh my gosh. She's so amazing, so um, driven, like so underrated by everyone. Like it's
0: amazing how much she shows up and what she does for the community and how much her and her, her staff go above and beyond for everyone. It's just inspires me to watch it, man.
1: Well, please tell her that I said this when, when I first sat with uh, with Marco Sanchez and the Square Muse team. To talk about rebuilding my website, mm-hmm. um, and I was, I was sitting with Nadia and Marcos, and we were, we were kind of daydreaming about what what all this could look like, and and um, and how grateful I was that that they were going to do that. And I had just uh, Ryan Teague had just finished his website build with them, and I was like, you know, Ryan's work is, you know, other side oh, of the yeah. world. Yeah. N- nobody connects us, but our work is very similar. So I'm like, I just I love what he's doing. Like let's let's dig into that. And your, your wife's design sense came up because it was one of the templates that I used to say like, do what you have to do, but like this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and man, I'm just I'm so grateful for her influence as well. So... Yeah, will let it Dude, between the two of you guys, like <laughs> Australian power couple. Um,
0: so. So good, man. Hey, we'll um, catch up when I come over to the US as well. We've always got big plans yep. and
1: there's going to be things that's going to be happening and stuff. So I'm sure we'll meet yeah, and collab me, in some way. Tell me where to be, man. Tell me where to be. All right, buddy. Well, so until next time, thank you so much. Like, hey, it means the world to me. Um, tell, tell us really quick as, as we sort of side off here, what is, what's the number one way that we like as a community can support you? Like, where can we show up for you?
0: I, I think honestly, the best way is just to come over and listen to my podcast. I think, um, it's called make your break. And to be honest, I think there's so many valuable nuggets in there that I think so many people get a lot from. So that, I mean... Man, everyone supports me in so many... It was just a DM on Instagram, you know, like something like that, a smiley face, like everything supports me. So I'm just thankful that there's just is so much support in this community. And, you know, obviously I feel the love from everyone. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's that's all it needs to
1: be. I'll say this, dude. I uh, I rarely miss an episode. That it, it is it is absolutely one of my favorite podcasts. Unreal. So, Thanks, man. Um, uh, what, dude, I, it's I have I've said this to uh, a number of times to Ben Hartley. who's a, I, I've mentioned him a couple of times. He's a good friend of mine. But his podcast and your podcast are what I mow the yard to every week. That's awesome. It's the only thing that gets me through mowing the freaking yard because I hate I hate mowing the yard. But <laughs> uh, you know, sitting down and be like, this is good for me to sit still for long enough to actually like absorb some knowledge. So. Um, all right man well so again soon uh, again Jai like just meant the world and uh, dude it's a pleasure to meet you Um, thanks for for opening up and uh, and dude let's uh, let's go ahead and schedule the next one of these the next follow up soon all right done thanks for listening everyone